We need to get in the garden. We need to get the composting happening. And we need to share our kai. This is a group of Wellingtonians striving to save food from landfill. The composting initiative, KaiCycle, takes compostable scraps from homes and offices and recycles them into living compost. The collection method? Bicycles. That's what we call low emission. In addition to an urban farm in Newtown, the team is expanding into compost distribution. You can't quite dial it up door-to-door yet. But there is door-to-door delivery service that's been an underlying ethos, healthy soils, mean healthy plants and therefore healthy communities. To explain what they're doing and what they're planning to do, we welcome Kate Wormsley, who's KaiCycle's composting manager, and Sylvia Loris is the urban farm manager. Kia ora, kōrua. Welcome both. Kia nice to have you in the studio. Kia ora, Catherine. So what's the history of KaiCycle? Uh, I mean, we could talk for hours on that probably, but um, it was all started in 2015. Um, there was a group of people that started composting in Aro Valley and a group of people who set up a urban farm in Newtown, and they kind of melded together on that one site in 2016. And as, yeah, we just evolved over many years and grew and tried different things, and yeah, now here we are. We've got an urban farm still, a um, composting services, and a community education and outreach program. What's the scale of the urban farm, and, and how does it work? Is it allotment style, or what's the... It's not allotment style. We grow for a community-supported agriculture, which is customers essentially buy a share of the farm for a season. So they're kind of buying in for the risks and rewards of farming and getting to know their local growers, which is a really unique, special relationship. So we we grow for between uh, like 25 and 40 households, some just vegetables, some... Um, just salad mix. And is that number growing? Is the demand for the produce growing? The demand is there. We don't have the space really to expand. Um, We'd love to, but yeah, we've looked at kind of getting a second site to be able to grow more veggies, but being urban, you know, there's... Governor General's property on one side, yeah. hospital on well, another side. On her gate or... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is a hospital on the other side. I mean, it really and truly is urban, isn't it? Definitely. And this is actually in the soil because this is the other thing. A lot of urban um, growing happens in raised boxes and stuff. You're in raised boxes. You're actually growing in the soil. Growing in yeah. the soil. So you can't just you know pop into the car park next door and keep on going. There. No, unfortunately. Mm, mm. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely sites around Wellington that could support urban farms. You know. But I love the place. I, I, we had them in, and I can't remember who it is now. It'll come to me. Um, it was it was a car park of a retail store. I, I don't know how they, they stop people just getting out of their cars and helping themselves. Well, fair enough, but it was actually meant to be for the staff to grow their own veggies around the perimeter. Mm. But the argument was, this is just concreted space. There's room alongside the vehicles um, to, to be growing fruit and vegetables, and, and that were, that's what they were doing. Back to the recycling side of it. How does it? How does the collection side work? Mm, yeah, so we um, we've run this collection food scrap collection service since 2015 and grown it over the years. So we ride around e-bikes and trailers and um, pick up from all our customers. We have um, yeah household customers and office customers. We're making some changes, so we're pivoting our collection service just to offices, and that's to help us cover our costs, especially of running a, a new commercial site that we were scaling a up to. Long way to go for one little bucket of potato peelings, isn't it? If, it, if it's um, you need a little bit of scale, do you? Yeah, there is definitely like a certain economy of scale. Depending on your business model um, and I think with us like the density is really um, critical if we were collecting from multiple houses on a street then that is much more financially viable because we've 
we started out setting a pretty wide collection zone and kind of one customer here, one customer here, one all the way over here. Yeah. Um, but we're still going to be running our drop-off option for households, which we started piloting in 2020. So that's kind of where households can drop off so, to a... So how does that... Oh, so they can bring it to you. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to scale that up next year um, as, our, as our residential... And so how many businesses and what sort of size businesses um, are involved in um, in their food waste and, and you coming and collecting? Yeah, we've got about 80 business customers um, at the moment, um, including RNZ, came yeah, on board no. last month, which is awesome. Um, and we're looking to scale that up to 200 um, next year. Are you pretty keen, obviously, for food producers who are going to have a lot of scraps, or is it a whole mix? It's a mix, yeah. We we're targeting at the small-scale food waste producers because there are other services that can cater for the kind of cafe and restaurant level usually in, in Wellington, but there's a real underserved market in terms of you know offices and households. So and what are the scraps we're talking about? Um, yeah, mainly plant-based scraps. We don't accept compostable packaging. Um, there's a lot of issues around um, additives in those, which aren't so great for soil health. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, our new system that we're having online soon in the next couple of months that would be capable of processing meat waste as well and so are we t- when we t- look is it your leftover lunch is it your leftover noodles or whatever or are you looking more for vegetables and fruits is there anything that's in and anything that's out right yeah compostable packaging is out currently meats out um cooked food totally great veggie peelings absolutely um, coffee grounds, yes, we get a ton of that from Wellington offices, obviously. <laughs> It'd be half coffee grounds, wouldn't Sometimes, it? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people who've been through the cupboards and had a bit of a clean out and found, you know, stuff that's been at the back of the pantry for a few years. Um, so the drop-off, that means coming to the Newtown site. And is it personed a lot of the time or what's involved in, you know, say once a week I've got this junk, my bottles have been collected, my landfill's been collected, but no one's collecting my compost, Mm. I'm going to drop it off. Mm -hmm. What do they do? Yeah, cool. So I guess the idea is um, we have a locked wheelie bin that subscribers have the code for and they can drop off conveniently, grab a new compostable liner um, for their scraps. So, um, yeah. It's a subscription style service. It's a subscription service, exactly. And I guess the point of that um, all our services are subscription and that covers our costs and enables us to keep it going and sustainable. Um, you know, if we had unlocked drop-off points, it's possible that just, we'd just get more than we could deal with. And with composting, you have to deal with things well. Yes, you <laughs> Otherwise, do. it can turn into a nuisance really quickly. And then you just go and ask yeah. to the Sally Army and others about, sure. about you know, stuff that's... Um, stuff that's not appropriate that's left at their door and you don't want it to become a dumping station. It has to be done well. What are some of the principles you can teach listeners about composting well, how to do it well? Right, true. Um, I always like to think of it as, you know, humans aren't doing the composting. We're just kind of creating the right conditions for um, microbes and insects to do their job. So the soil food web, um, bacteria, protozoa, fungi, nematodes. Um, so it's just balancing it. You want to balance your carbon and nitrogen inputs, your greens and your browns. Um, you want to make sure there's not too much water or too much air. It's kind of like balancing the air and water as well, creating the right conditions for organisms to do their their job well and end up with a product that we want to use at the end, um, nice compost. What? How much does the garden itself use of the compost from KaiCycle? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. All of our compost does come from, like, the KaiCycle compost. Um, yeah, I'm not sure, actually. Yeah. It was most of what we've made over the years to date. And just mm. in the last couple of years, it's we've, you know, we've been producing more than our You're farm needs. You're having a surplus, so that yeah. opens up new opportunities. Exactly. Right? I mean, we started on our site when it was just a grassed field, grass park. So you need to pump a lot of compost into urban land like that to get it to the point where mm. it is productive and can be feeding, you know, 30 mm. households um, every week of 
you know, fresh produce. Um, and now we've got more than we need. It's just maintenance levels we need for the mm. farms. We can now donate out to other community gardens. So we're donating quite a lot these days. So you are donating to others doing of, of a similar mind, doing similar things? Yeah, exactly. Other marakai, um, you know, school gardens, marae gardens, um, other community gardens on council land. How many people get out on their bikes pulling the pulling the um, trailers behind them then? How many people involved in mm. total? So we do two collection days at the moment, um, a week and two riders per day. So we've got like a team of about you know, five um, kai cyclists who share the mahi and that's yeah, riding um, mostly one, one or two days a week. What are the possibilities um, of, of this as it expands? I mean, I know it's not intended to be a commercial model it's a cover your costs model but you know could you end up producing enough where you could sell to help support Mm. the initiative yeah i mean that is very much our plan like next year as we kind of get going on our new site in rongatai um we'll be looking to sell compost as well as donate and that will help cover our costs Mm. and the whole idea of what we're doing with cycle is we're trying to experiment and innovate um sustainable financially sustainable models because that's when the impact can be sustained Mm. over time and scaled so we're also like networked with a bunch of other groups around the country, all supporting each other to try and move towards what does you know best practice urban composting farming look like? How can we do more of it? When you think of the size of our urban areas and the amount of waste going to um, landfill, I mean, what is the potential? We're talking about a tiny amount, a tiny proportion currently likely mm. being composted, right? Yeah, there's huge opportunity. And we're, you know, we've seen in the last couple of years so much um, shifting in the policy landscapes. We've been, you know, us and others have been really advocating for we need to have, you know, community systems for local organics recycling and food production um, supported so we can be part of that future, those future larger systems. Are some, some metro areas doing that, actually having a compost collection or a green waste collection. And are they different things, by the way? Uh, they can be the same thing or different. That, mm, that depends. Mm. Um, you might have heard like FOGO, which is, um, you know, food and green waste together, mm. um, collected together, or food waste only or green waste only. Um, yeah, lots of different examples around um, New Zealand um, currently. Um, but yeah, in most of our urban areas, it's going to landfill. But we're going to see the rollout of organics um, collection systems to, you know, over 2027 to 2030. All councils will have to have that in place. Um, so, yeah, we'd love to see, you know, community-level systems included in that so we can keep delivering, you know, broader benefits um, for our ecosystem and communities. Tell me about developing the farm and specifically developing that soil. It takes um, a period of time, doesn't it? It's layer upon layer upon layer and patience Definitely. while the magic happens. Can you explain? Yeah, so I haven't been involved since the beginning, but, yeah, it's a lot of just continual layers of compost and, I mean, our great compost, but not putting in any sort of, you know, pesticides or herbicides. We don't use anything like that. And just, I mean, our practices on the farm. So we use no dig, so we're not tilling the soil at all. It so just the, mucks up the worms, doesn't it? Exactly. It just the soil food web is... Yeah. It knows what it's doing, doing without us. Exactly. <laughs> we don't need to be, like, involving ourselves yeah. as much as we try to. Yeah. So, yeah, just letting the plants and the soil do its thing and again it's like the compost like we're just supporting that growing system but yeah we use polycropping as well which is just like having a bunch of different plants in each garden bed so we've got diversity and we're using like different tiers of the space I guess so like things are growing in the understory and things are growing up tall and we're just like 
yeah, we're not monocropping, you know, we don't have one. How, how, how big is the physical space? Do you mind me asking you? Because I'm just thinking about how we do more of this in urban areas, where, where, which mm. is space contained. So in, in the area you've got in Newtown, I just heard you've got a second site coming, but the area you've got in Newtown, how big is the farm? Do you know? Just, oh. just, in, just in layperson's terms, yeah. is it a block or half a it's block like of a short street? A thousand square metres, yeah, I think, yeah, total. Yeah. And then a lot of that's right. accessways, pathways. No, Our composting area takes up, you know, a pretty small area of that in the farm. I think we've probably got like 600 to 700 metres squared in it's growing a good role area. Model. It's a good role model, isn't it, of what can be done space, in a small yeah. space. Like, even just, you know, one or two beds is great for growing mm. for, you know, a family, mm. depending on the size. Like, there's small spaces around that we could be utilising mm. to grow food. Totally. Or composting. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. All power to you. Thank you, Kate Walmsley and Sylvia Loris of Kaisaiko.